rich and real. This thing is not a passing thing with me, but it's a living reality. Having the Holy Ghost, my goodness, what a great expression of God's love it is toward man. That God would think so much of us that He Himself would come and dwell inside of our heart. I want to preach this afternoon on the thought, the greatest miracle of all. The greatest miracle of all. Would you say that with me? The greatest miracle of all. I want you to turn to the second chapter of the book of John. John chapter number 2. And I want to start reading at verse number 1. A very familiar passage of Scripture in John chapter 2. Reading at verse number 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water and they fill them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he knew not whence it was, but the servant which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This, the beginning of miracles, say that with me. This, the beginning of miracles, did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifest forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him, preaching the greatest miracle of all. You may be seated. I have just read to you from the Word of God the very first miracle that the Lord ever performed. Since he was just a child and amazed the men in the temple at 12 years old, there is very little said about Jesus Christ from the age of 12 years old until he turned 30. During that span of time, the Lord only knows himself where he was and what he'd done. I'm sure that he went about his duties as being a man, fulfilling his obligation, doing his trade, because he was a son of a carpenter, and naturally he would be a carpenter, no doubt, himself. Just because he was a son of a carpenter did not make him one, but I tend to lean that he possibly was a carpenter on the side. Just because he was God manifest in the flesh did not exempt him from earthly labor. 
because he himself even taught that if a man wouldn't work, that if a man would not provide for his household, that he was worse than an infidel. So I really believe in my heart and according to the scripture that the Lord was really a working man, that he was a God man, but he was a working man. But oftentimes he traveled, he moved from place to place. He had men that began to follow him and watch him when he turned 30 years old and recognized as a public minister in that time according to the law. He picked him out some men that followed him and he trained them in the way that he wanted them to live and how he wanted them to act. He taught them to neither carry personal script. He taught them that the very devils would be subject unto them. He told them how that they could do great things and how that they would obey the commandment of God. He taught them lesson after lesson. They heard the sermon on the mount as he began to teach that. They saw him in great things that he done. They saw him when he was weary. They saw him when he was frustrated. They saw him when he was upset. They saw him when he upset the tables in the house of God where the money changers had set up and made change and sold offerings and sacrifices to make it convenient for people to come to church. May I say today, friend, that God's not interested in your convenience, but he's interested in your salvation. Here we find that this was the very beginning, the very first miracle that Jesus Christ ever performed when he came to the wedding by invitation. Not only him, but his disciples also came along. And when he came to that wedding, the Bible said that his mother approached him. For it was not a small affair. It was a large gala affair. Probably a lot of the people in the area had been invited. Maybe it was a nobleman's son's wedding. I really can't say for sure. But there was a lot of folks that had gathered together in that wedding. And the Bible said that they had run out of wine. It was different in the days of the Lord because of the impurity of the water in that area. Lots of times men drunk wine as if we would drink water today. And his mother approached him and said, Jesus, they are out of wine. There is no wine left for this marriage. And the Bible said that Jesus looked at her and he said, woman, what have I to do with thee? Seeing my hour is not yet come. But this was the first time that he was going to manifest his miracle working power. The very first time he was going to demonstrate his ability to create. He had not demonstrated that since he formed the world. Hallelujah. And spun it on its axis. He had not demonstrated that since he had spoke into existence, my friend. Hallelujah and he made the sheep and the ox and the cattle of the field. He had not demonstrated his creative power since the time that he had formed man out of the dust of the earth. But now, in the purest form, he was going to prove that he could create and he could work miracles and he could baffle the minds of men. So according to the word of God, we find that they filled the water pots full of water. There were six large stone pots according to the purification of the Jews. They would put their water in these pots and they would let it set. Let the impurities settle before they would ever 
draw it out. But here he was filling them with water now. And he said, I want you to bear out of there, servant, and take this to the kid priest, or the, rather take it to the men of the wedding. And according to the word of God, he drew from that very pot of water and he bore it to the governor that was there that day. When the governor tipped the glass, never had he tasted wine so pure. Never had he tasted wine so smooth. It was fermented to the very nth degree. Everything was fine. And he looked up the head of the wedding, not knowing where it came from. And he said to him, sir, amen, many men serve their good wine first, and after men have well drunk, then they bring out their bad wine. But sir, you have not done that. You have served the poorer wine first, and then you've come along with the good wine. May I say that's something about God. Amen, friend, the law could not make man perfect, but the Lord served that wine, but it didn't do the job. But now in this Gentile dispensation, God has saved the wine, hallelujah, that satisfieth man to the very morrow of his soul, and makes a difference in his life. That began the first miracle that the Lord performed. From that day on time, it was miracles stacked on top of miracle. Healings like you have never seen. In the word of God, we read of many of those things that transpired. And to shock your mind and renew you just a moment, let me run through some of the things that the Lord performed. Amen. According to the word of God, he healed the nobleman's son. He brought forth a drought of fishes for man that had tilled all night in the sea and could not catch any fish. The Lord, through his power of demonstration, made a miracle transpire as they cast their net on the other side. They pulled in fish that were so numerous. The scripture said that it began to sink the boat. The Lord was beginning to work his miracles. That was a demonic in the synagogue. And that man came to the Lord, a man screaming and cursing. And the Bible said the Lord cast the devil out of him. What a mighty miracle that was. Men could not bind him with change. They could not fetter that man because of the devil that was in him. But all of a sudden God come along with the power of demonstration and love and made difference in that man. What a miracle the Lord did perform. Amen. Then he came upon the time that Peter's mother-in-law was sick and the Lord got a hold of her and raised her up. I'm not talking, friend, about a God who can't. I'm talking about a God who can. I'm talking about a miracle-working God. A God who can still do the work. A God who can still save the sick. A God who can still heal the lame and make the blind man to see. I'm talking about the miracle-working power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a God who will, and a God will always perform his word. Amen, according to the word of God in the book of Matthew. Amen, he cleansed a man who was a leper, a public outcast who could find no healing, but healing came walking in sandals. Amen, and said to that leper, don't show yourself to the priest. I'm talking about a God who's a miracle worker. A man, my friend, who there was an impotent man that could not find healing. The Lord said to the impotent man, hey man, you're whole, old buddy. And all of a sudden, the fellow got up and began to feel the victory of God in his soul. How did God touch the man who had the withered hand? And that withered hand began to straighten out. Folks, I could go on and on and on. Why? Because I'm talking about a miracle working God. Somebody said, preacher, if I 
could see God work a miracle today. I would become an apostolic believer if I could see God heal the sick, if I could see God raise the dead, if I could see God open blinded eyes, then I would become a believer in the power of Jesus Christ. But wait a minute, my friend. We have come to the place today that we have got to see with our eye before we believe. Jesus said, blessed are you that have seen and believed, but more blessed are those who have not seen and have believed already. Glory be to God. On and on the miracle working power of God is performed. The centurion's servant was healed. He raised the widow's son. Amen. The tempest was stilled in the middle of the sea. The power of God came on. He healed the demon in the land of the Gadarenes. He raised Jairus' daughter, picked her up right out of the funeral prior, if you please. Lifted her body out of the casket by his divine power. That's the power of my God. He healed the blind man that said, I see trim in his trees walking. He delivered him by his glorious power. Amen, friend. He fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two small fishes. You see, turning the water into wine was just the beginning of the miracle working power of God. And the Lord just kept on doing. I want to say if all the books were written that should have been written about what he has done in a miraculous sense, my friend, the Bible said all the world would not hold those books because God's doing something every day. He's changing men every day. He's delivering men every day. Men like Tom Tillman. Amen. Men, my friend, like you and like me. He has changed and made a difference in our life. I'm telling you, God is a miracle working God. And he has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's just the kind of God he is. He proved his divine power by stepping out and walking on the sea. He raised the Syrophoenician's daughter when she was laying friend. He fed the 4,000 another time. He healed the deaf and the dumb. Amen. The lunatic child, he made him whole. Amen. The man that had dropsy, God changed him. When they needed money to pay their taxes, he put money in a fish's mouth. I'm telling you, I'm talking about the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. He'd done it over and over again. When his good friend Lazarus died, he went to the tomb and he had been dead four days. He said, roll the stone away. They said, Master, he stinketh by now. I don't care, roll it away. When they rolled a stone away, it wasn't an odor that came out of that tomb, but it was a man bound in grave clothes. The power of God on him, and he come jumping out of that old tomb, healed by the power of God, and resurrected by resurrection himself. Hallelujah. It is amazing what God has done. He cursed the fig tree and the fig tree withered instantly and bore no more fruits. He healed Malchus's ear when Peter took his sword and cut it off. 
he took his ear and stuck it back on the side of his head as if you would stick something with super glue. But God stuck it on there with superpower. He's a miracle working God. There's none of us that can deny the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. The second time he brought a draw of visions. Then he came along with his divine power. Amen. And done things that nobody else could do. In a locked room that was sealed and barred. He walked right through the wall and came into the presence of his disciples. Nobody had to open a door. I'm talking about the miracle working power of God. The God who loves to work miracles. The God who never fails to work miracles. A God friend who's doing it every day. Right now he's doing it. In this very service he's doing it. Somewhere today somebody's going to get a touch of Jesus Christ. It is amazing to me that he passed along that same miracle working power to men like the Apostle Peter. Hey man, Peter was able to take the man laying at the gate called Beautiful, put out his right hand to take the man by the hand and say to him, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible said that Peter pulled him, and immediately the man's feet and ankle bones received strength. And the man went running, walking, leaping, and praising God into the temple. He passed that power along to Peter. Amen, and Peter preaching the word of God. Amen, was able to confront the sinful evilness of Ananias and Sapphira and God literally struck them dead by his miracle working power. How that Peter my friend would walk down the street and the shadow of Peter would fall upon the sick folk and they will be healed. He passed that divine power along. He passed it along to the apostle Paul. Amen where Eliamus the blinded man where Eliamus was, was coming along and aggravating. Amen troubling and just really persecuting and how that God blinded him how the lame man was cured amen at Paul's hand how the damsel with the spirit of divination was delivered and Paul cast that devil out of her he passed that miracle working power along and let me say to you today I get excited when I read these things I get excited when I see what God's doing I get excited when I feel the divine power of God I have witnessed blind men that were actually healed I saw men that never talked begin to talk I saw a lady who was dead my friend for three or four hours and I saw God raise her back to life you say did you see that yes I did I was right there when the power of God entered that house and God raised her up but I'm telling you what that thrills me but there's a great miracle that thrills me more hear me I said there's a great miracle that thrills me more and that's the greatest miracle of them all hallelujah we say preacher if we could see a lame man get up and walk, we would believe in God today and we would serve him. If we could see a man who had a withered hand and that hand instantly healed by the power of God and made whole, then we would believe in the power of Jesus Christ. If we could see somebody 
who was laying on a sick bed and had not moved for a year suddenly jumped to their feet and feel the glory of God and begin to move. Then we'd begin to feel the glorious power of God. Somebody said, preacher, in this last day, if we could get some miracles working in our church, we'd have revival. But wait a minute, folks, let me stop you for a while. I'm gonna say something today, but I hope don't rock it. But we're looking over the greatest miracle of all. There's a miracle that happens all the time that we don't give God credit for. We talk about the power of God, yes, but I want to say, my friend, the greatest miracle that God has ever performed and the greatest miracle that God ever will perform is when he gets a hold of a dying man, a man that has no hope in his soul and changes that man and liberates that man and makes a difference in his life. That's the greatest miracle that has ever transpired. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Every miracle that I have read to you today, every one of those are done on the physical body. Every one of those affect our life here. Not one of those miracles affect our life on the other side. We can be blind and see and still go to hell. We can be lame and walk and still go to hell. We, my friend, can be deaf and dumb and begin to talk and still go to hell. But there's no way we can be lost and become saved and go to hell. I'm telling you right now, God's working in the church. I'm telling you, I'm not going to put down and I'm not going to belittle the greatest miracle of them all. My God, getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost and being filled with the power of God. Come on, I want to preach on this a minute. Hallelujah. We have elevated every miracle above this one thing. But I want to pick this thing up. I want to get it where it should be. I want to lay it up here where it should be. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. It's not the body I'm concerned with now, but it's the soul of mankind. I want him saved. I want him delivered. I want him to have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory. I am thrilled for what God done for Brother Don. But I'm going to tell you, amen, that affects this body. But oh, Jesus does run one thing that affects a soul. And that's when he died on Calvary. And he says, it's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter cannot come. I want you to go to Jerusalem and tarry. What are you waiting on? You're waiting on a miracle. You're waiting on the power of God. What are you waiting on in revival preacher? Are you waiting on God to heal somebody? Are you waiting on him to deliver somebody? No, sir. I'm waiting on him to save somebody. I'm waiting on him to heal somebody. I want him to set somebody free. I want the power of God to sweep the church and men get it down in their heart and get filled clear to the prayer. Hallelujah. It would be great to see healings and we've seen them and we will see them. But the emphasis of the church should not be on the body. The emphasis of church should be on the soul. Amen. Somebody said, preacher, I got cancer. Can you help me? Oh, yes, I can. Let me direct you to God. When you find the cure of cancer, you're going to find the God of your salvation. When you find the deliverer of mankind, you're going to come in contact with the greatest miracle of all. Somebody said, preacher, I've known people that died of cancer that were saved. Hey, listen, they had one great miracle in their life which will last to eternity the others will not listen to me the others will not if you're lame and healed this body is going to disintegrate it's going to go back to the earth 
This old worms will eat this body. One day you'll be nothing but maggot pie. But all right now you can come to God and experience a miracle above all miracles. You can find out what it is to receive the Holy Ghost and to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. You can find out what it is to be set free with the divine power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I've often looked at the scripture where Jesus said in these works and greater shall you do. The disciples one time came back and said, Lord, amen, sick people were healed. While the devils himself were even subject unto us. All these things transpired, Sister Zena. They said under our ministry. And the Lord said, boys, you've got it all wrong. Let me tell you, don't rejoice because the devils are subject to you. I don't want you rejoicing because the sick were healed. But I want you rejoicing because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the greatest miracle of all. I said, that's the greatest miracle of all. To get right with God. That's where my friend we ought to put the accentuation right there that a man needs the Holy Ghost. A man can go to heaven with one arm. He can go to heaven with one leg. He can go to heaven, my friend, with one eye. But he can't go to heaven without one God. Hallelujah. Woo, my God, my God. Here, folks, let me say this right now. I know what it is to be deathly sick. I've been that way myself. I almost died of tuberculosis and God healed me. If God had not healed me, I can still say that I've experienced the greatest miracle of it all. Somebody said, unless I see those things, I'm not going to believe in the power of God. Listen, friend, the night I got the Holy Ghost made me a full believer in the power of God because it changed my life. It turned my soul around. It gave me something to live for from this day forward. I want to think about salvation in the souls of men. If God wants to throw in some extra benefits, that's fine. But I want him to bless men with salvation. Hallelujah. We have read over and over again where people have been delivered. There was a man in this town was healed of cancer. The preacher prayed for him. God healed him and the man said, I'm going to come to church. He never did. Never kept his promise and he died lost. Hear me, folks, that miracle didn't do that man any good. Hear me. But if he'd have got the miracle of salvation, if he'd have got the miracle of a born-again experience, if he would have got the miracle of a transformation, when God takes out the heart of stone and puts in a heart of flesh, when God pulls out those old carnal feelings and puts in there a love for God that will not wane away, I'm telling you, that'll do a man some good. You can pray for the sick all day long. That's why the Bible said, if they be any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. He's talking to the church right there. When he said among you, he said he's talking to the church. He said they'd call for the elders of the church. They would anoint him with oil and pray the prayer of faith and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and if they committed any sin it shall be forgiven them. I'm telling you those are just benefits of living for God but I'm telling you we ought to be shouting over the greatest miracle that God's ever performed. You say thank God he healed me. I want to save this right now. He saved me before he ever healed me. He saved me before he ever healed me. He done the very very best thing he could do for John Willis. When he filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost now don't go out of here today saying that I'm downplaying the miracle working power of God. I am not. I'm just putting things in the right perspective. I'm just telling you what's first on the list is first on the list. 
Amen. What's number one's number one. And that's the greatest miracle of all. There might be somebody in this building today who's been healed but never been saved. There might be somebody in this building today who's had a need supplied but never the spiritual need been supplied. There might be somebody in this building today who has got out of a tight spot by a miracle but maybe they've never got out of a sin-sick soul. Hope and hear me. I'm telling you, let's put this at number one. Let's say, oh God, bring them in. Hey man, I don't care if we have a church full. Jesus said, go out and get the halt, the blind, the lame. The cripple, what did he say? He didn't say bring him into the house so I can heal him. He said bring him into my house that it may be full. Why? I want to perform the greatest miracle. My God, I said he wants to perform the greatest miracle. Oh, I feel like running. He wants to perform the greatest miracle of all. My God, my God. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. What will bring revival? I'll tell you what will bring revival. People getting the Holy Ghost. That's what will bring the revival. Amen, amen. If we wanted to be like A.A. Allen or we wanted to be like some of these big time healers, we would stress healing and never mention salvation. But I want to stress salvation and say healing can come too. I want to say, but God is a prayer answering God. I want to say to you, Jesus, listen. He told his disciples, said, these works and greater shall you do. Amen. He raised the dead. What greater work can you do than that? He healed the blind man. What greater work can you do than that? But Jesus said, greater than this shall you do. What was he talking about? He was talking about delivering the gospel to a dying man and seeing that man filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the greatest work. That's better than raising the dead. That's better than seeing somebody blind healed. That's the greatest work of all. That is a miracle of miracles, if you please. Hallelujah. You're not going to get any better than that. Hear me? We had a family in our church years ago. Amen. And his name was Brother Jack. Brother Jack had a daughter that was in a wreck. It messed her back up. Messed her vertebrae all up. She came to church. Amen. They anointed her with oil and prayed for her. She was in a back brace and could not move. The doctor said if that back brace was ever removed, that she would be a cripple the rest of her life. They, they, they just worried the family sick. They brought that young girl to church and they brought her up the aisle stiff as a poker. The power of God began to move that night. And they anointed her with oil and prayed the prayer of faith. The power of God moved in that young lady and she looked up at her mom and dad. And she said, Mom, Dad, God just healed me. I felt my back change. I felt a difference take place. I know God's healed me. And she began to unstrap that big old back brace that she carried. She slipped her hand up under her clothes and attached all the straps. She pulled the exterior straps off and let that thing come crashing to the floor and begin to rejoice in the power of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you what, that's a miracle. But the greatest miracle is when you see that little... As the Spirit of God gives utterance and watch God save her never dying soul. Hallelujah. Flesh will return to the dust. So you can do everything you can do to the flesh and it'll not help it. But I'll tell you what, you can do something to the spirit. Amen. God can and he can help that spirit. 
He can change a man and make a difference in his life. He can change a man and make a difference in his soul. That's the greatest miracle of all. Brother Willis, do you believe in healing? Oh, definitely I do. Do you believe God can make the lame walk? Definitely I do. But I've got news for you. That's not my priority right now. Amen. We can have lame walking all around us and dumb speaking all around us, but if we don't have fire in the altar of salvation, amen, we're not doing what Jesus said do. The greatest miracle is to see you, my friend, that don't have the Holy Ghost. Pour your heart out to God and say, Oh God, if I ever needed anything, I need it now. Brother Mike Wilson, when he was born, his backbone was, did not have any muscles that formed on the side of it. I mean, there was no really structural strength there. When he was born and did not know it until a few, about four or five years ago, he was only born with one kidney and they never knew it then. Amen. And all the problems his body has, you've never seen anybody so happy because he can sit down in an organ or piano and sing. Tears roll down his face. What's he singing about? Is he singing about a perfect body? No. He's singing about a God of salvation that filled his soul one night as God baptized him with the power of the Holy Ghost and changed his life completely. That's the greatest miracle of all. Hallelujah. John the Baptist never performed a miracle, but he preached to the soul. You hear me? He preached to the soul. The greatest work that Peter ever done in all of his earthly ministry was not, my friend, when his shadow healed the lame man, but was when he stood on the day of Pentecost and said, Repent. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That was the greatest work that the Apostle Peter ever performed. Why? Because he was speaking to something that was going to live on. He was speaking for something that would last eternity. He was speaking to something, my friend, that would carry on through the ceaseless ages. And that was the never dying soul of man. You, my friend, if you're not saved, may I direct you to Jesus Christ and his divine power. As musicians come today, amen, all the things that Jesus done were wonderful. But the greatest miracle was when he laid himself down upon the cross of Calvary. Let them drive the nails in his hands and went away and came back again to live in the hearts of mankind. Don't ever downplay the experience of the Holy Ghost comparing it, my friend, to a physical healing. Don't ever downplay the move of God's Spirit comparing it, my friend, to a natural happening. Don't ever elevate the healing of the flesh above the healing of the spirit. Don't ever elevate it to the place and say, oh my God, if we had a healing in this church, our church would move. That's not true. If we had a Holy Ghost revival in this church, 
if God would just start filling folks with the Holy Ghost, if men would fall prostrate at the feet of Jesus Christ, if men would lie at the altar speaking in tongues, young ladies weep their way to Calvary. The greatest thing that I ever saw years ago, I was preaching revival. There was a little old girl who had no arms. She just had hands right here. No arms, just little hands. And I never will forget the night that she came to the altar. She wasn't seeking God for arms. She was seeking God for salvation. And I never will forget her putting them little steps up in the air and weeping her way to the bosom of Abraham saying, God, she didn't say, I need arms. She said, I need salvation. I need you. I need the miracle of your power. She wept her way to the door of Jesus Christ. The greatest miracle I've ever seen. It's when young ladies like that begin to worship and speak in other tongues. When big grown men make their way to an altar and say, God, I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. God, I'm nothing. I want the Holy Ghost. I've saw people beat their bloody stubs of their arms together worshiping God. I've saw men with crutches and one leg hobble to an altar. I've saw motorized and unmotorized wheelchairs come down the aisle. The greatest thing I ever seen was when I baptized somebody in the water and they come out of the water speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives them utterance. The greatest miracle of all. Don't scream, where are the miracles? Don't sit around and cry. We have no miracles. We're a living miracle. The greatest miracle of all. I don't believe in this last day that God's going to count the revival a revival that's only based on healing. No. I don't think it's going to be a revival that's only based on phenomenal, natural things. No. I believe God's going to count his worthies by those who fill this altar and get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My, 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 my. His miracles are going to be done in the water when people repent and are baptized and come up out of there worshiping God and speaking in other tongues. His miracles are going to be when people that you never ever thought would pray will bow their knee at this altar and pour their heart out to God and say, God, give me the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, the power of the surgeons of God's Spirit slay them. And they'll have to be picked up and packed out of the church. They'll be so drunk on the line of the Holy Ghost. My, my, my. My, my, my. My. Oh, God. There's been times. 
my ministry that I have prayed, God, let me be used in the gift of healing. Let me be used in the gift of discernment. But the majority of my prayer to God is, God, let me be used as an instrument of salvation. For I want the greatest miracle of God to happen. I want God to save somebody. And it might be you, friend, that I'm waiting on. It might be you today that becomes part of the great miracle, the greatest of all. It might be you that steps out of your seat, finds your spot, the niche in God, where God covers you with the hollow of his hand and passes by and fills your soul. This is the greatest miracle. Listen what he said. Verse 21 of the second chapter of the book of Acts. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. Number one, I will pour my spirit out on your sons and your daughters upon all flesh. What's that number one thing? The Holy Ghost. That's what he listed first. That's the greatest miracle of all. The greatest miracle of all. My family is a personal testimony of God's healing power. God healed me of tuberculosis, Sister Willis of rheumatic fever. John David of a very rare eye disease, Joel Anthony of double pneumonia. All of us have a personal testimony of healing power. But I'll tell you what the neat thing about it is. We all have a personal testimony of salvation. We've all been baptized in Jesus' name. We've all been filled with the Holy Ghost. We all spoke in tongues. And we're all living for God. That's the greatest miracle of all. Would you stand today? Miracles and wonders. Thank you, Jesus. Your heart is hungry and your soul is lonely.